Would you like to live a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Vetter as he introduces you to cultures of health and healing. Get ready now to try out some healing beliefs and practices from far and wide. Here's the host of your show, Robert Vetter. Welcome, every, welcome, everybody, to the next episode with Louis Mel Madrona. Um, we did a long intro to him on the last episode. Uh, but for now, it's perhaps it'll suffice to say that Louis is a very accomplished physician. He is an indigenous healer from Lakota and Cherokee backgrounds and does some amazing work that we're going to find out a little bit more about in healing both from the Western perspective and from the indigenous perspective. And Lewis, during this session, I'm hoping that you'll tell us a little bit about some of the people who have made a difference to you in your life, the influences that they had on you and how that made you who you are today. Sure. Um, we, talked, we talked last time about how I went looking for elders to help me get through medical school. And there were two fellows who were just incredibly helpful to me. One was a guy named Gila, who lived in Ukiah, California, Cherokee man. And the other one uh, was Grandfather Roberts, who lived in Garberville. And Grandfather Roberts was a character. Um, he was also Cherokee. I remember the first time I went to see him, he wasn't home. He told me when to come and um, no one was there. And so, you know, I pitched the tent and waited. And he came exactly 24 hours later. And he said, oh, you're still here? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, I guess you're not all bad after all. <laughs> and so that was sort of the price of, of admission, I guess. He, no one knew how old he was. He looked pretty old. Um, there were rumors that he was really old, like 90, I don't know. Uh, but he had these two young women who were studying underneath him, and I mean that literally. And so <laughs> whatever his fountain of youth was, he could have bottled it. And, um, but it, you know, he wasn't selling snake oil. But anyway, so I would go there when I could, when I had a weekend off and drive up to Garberville and hang out with him and do ceremony. And, and um, it was really a, an important um, sort of balance to medical school. Um, when I was in residency in, in Madison, Wisconsin, I found uh, elders in Black Earth, Wisconsin, and also um, closer up near Hayward, Wisconsin, you know, near Duluth, Minnesota. And, um, you know, staying in touch with them was important. Um, in, in um, you know, after I left Wisconsin, I went to, to um, Berkeley, California. And that was really um, my first serious sort of teacher-student relationship. And 
it was with a, an incredible woman named Marilyn Youngbird. And um, she lived in Aptos, California. So I would drive to her house and uh, I started uh, helping her do ceremonies, carrying rocks for her, um, you know, being in charge of, of the fire, um, you know, whatever needed, needed to be done. <coughs> and, um, you know, Marilyn did, Marilyn was amazing. She did a lot of work with storytelling and she um, did her version, her uh, Native American version of guided imagery visualization. And she called it putting them to sleep so that they dream like they're asleep, but they're really awake. And that was apparently one word in her language. She was, uh, Marilyn was a Rikara Hidatsu. Um, and, but, but she had, her, she had studied with Wallace Black Elk and a number of other teachers. So the, the style of ceremony that I learned from Marilyn was, um, Black Elk family style. And, um, you know, I got to, to see some amazing healings happen around Marilyn. And Marilyn, of course, would never take credit for a healing. And she would never call herself a healer. Um, she didn't like that word. And, and she wouldn't she wouldn't speak to you if you were used the dreaded word shaman. She wouldn't speak to you for a week or more. Um, and and she just she just thought of herself as someone who provided a safe space for the medicine to work and for the spirits to mingle. And um, so so Marilyn was really amazing. And I also hung out with some Cherokee people in Oakland. Um, from whom I learned Cherokee bodywork, and um, we t we've t we've talked about that in a in a course that um, Bob and I did together. And so I started with these these teachers in Oakland, and then I continued with some teachers in Arizona, and um, also Cherokee people doing the hands-on healing of the Cherokee. Which, which I later learned was also um, shared with the Shawnee and the Pawnee and was the inspiration for Andrew Taylor Still to create American Osteopathy. So, um, and, and these were some amazing people. They were, they were afraid though, they made me promise not to not to use their names or to tell or to tell anyone that I learned it from them until they died. <laughs> so, because they were afraid people back home would get angry that they were teaching, you know, this kind of work. Um, but I remember, you know, I had to uh, one day, you know, in order to pay my tuition, I had to put in a swamp cooler for them in Arizona, and uh, you know, so that was a bit that was a bit steep, but but anyway. Um, so that was, they were incredible influences on me. <clears throat> and, 
And um, then I went looking for my dad. And I never found my dad in Rapid City, but I found Sonny Richards. And Sonny Richards was this amazing guy who used to be a policeman. And I'd retired from the Rapid City Police Department by the time I found him and um, was doing ceremony and, and what we call healings, though he would never call it that. And um, so Sonny lived in a, in a, a small box house uh, on the outskirts of Rapid City with where a lot of other Lakota people lived. And, um, and there was a constant stream of people coming to get what he called doctoring. That was his word, doctoring. And uh, Sonny would have thrown you out if you used the shaman word too, <laughs> or the healer word. He didn't call himself a healer. Um, and, and so, I, I hung out with Sonny and his gang for many years, you know, traveling to Rapid City to visit them and, and bringing them first to Pittsburgh where I was working to do ceremony there and to work with people. And then when I left Pittsburgh and went to New York City, we brought them to New York City and they couldn't believe how much garbage there, that, how much garbage existed in New York City. Because when they came once during a garbage strike, <laughs> so that was their image of New York City, with streets full of garbage. But uh, Sonny introduced me to the Sundance, which has been a really powerful influence in my life. And I've 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 been dancing now, I think it's twenty three years, but um, I have to go add it up. But I think it's twenty three this year. And assuming we have a Sundance this year, I think we're going to have a dance um, in Western New York, but maybe not in South Dakota, but it's still all up in the air. So Sonny also introduced me to an amazing guy, Frank Foolscrow, who was Sonny's teacher. And, and he was also a guy, nobody knew how old he was. <laughs> I don't think he even had a birth certificate. But um, he was he was uh, just incredible, and and Sonny introduced me to also to Joe Tiona, who um, was on lived on the Cheyenne River Reservation, and and Joe was was an amazing. He called himself a fix it man, not a shaman, not a healer, <laughs> but a fix it man, because he because if he could fix it up, he would. And um, when when Sonny uh, so when Sonny's diabetes got too bad for for him to be a Sundance leader, you know, then then Sonny brought us to Joe's dance, and and Joe was the leader. <clears throat> and I I um, I guess I want to add to the mix. So when I lived in Saskatchewan, um, I met this amazing fellow, John Charles. And so John Charles, um, I went, I did ceremony with him whenever I could and took people for doctoring at his place whenever I could. 
and he, he lived on Sturgeon Lake First Nation, which was west of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And um, John was, was, had been an Episcopal priest, an Anglican priest, they would say in Canada. And when he was 60 years old, he came down with a brain tumor. And the, the medical people told him he had a, maybe a month to live. And he didn't really like that idea. And so um, he decided that, you know, he got sick despite the Christian way. And so he better turn to the, to the Cree way. And so he found a, a woman, Cree woman, who worked with him. And his, his tumor uh, got misplaced somewhere. They couldn't find it. <clears throat> they looked all over for it, but they couldn't find it. And, and so that put him in a quandary because he'd followed the Jesus way for a long time. And now he'd been healed with the Cree way. And so he went up on, a, on the hill for a vision. And he had this um, vision that it was, all this, it was all one. And so he did this drawing of Christ on the cross with elders in the four directions around him, smoking their pipe. And he put that up on a tree behind his sweat lodge. <laughs> so, so um, and, and um, John almost killed me one day, uh, singing the Lord's Prayer in Cree while covering me with a blanket and smoking me with sage that he put underneath the blanket on fire in a big iron kettle. <laughs> but it, it sure did help my knee. <laughs> so, so what doesn't kill you, I guess, makes you stronger. So, uh, so John was an amazing guy. And uh, I've met some other guys that are just amazing. Like, um, you know, there's, there's uh, Dan Smoke in Western Ontario. And um, there's, um, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting uh, uh, some people's names right now. Um, but, you know, wherever you go, you can find these people. And uh, you, just, you just have to be careful not to ask for a healer or a shaman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to shift gears for a moment, if, if I could, um, Lewis, and talk about the way that you get to learn. And you and I have kind of had conversations about this together in the past. But I think sometimes, you know, when you hear about learning the, these medicine ways, people might have the impression that you learn them in a formal way. Uh, you know, when I think about learning in a college setting, for example, or even in the learning that I did in Curanderismo, some of my teachers took the teachings and formalized them in a way that there was a, there was a body of curriculum. But in my experiences with medicine people and ceremonial people from the North American tribes, um, learning takes place in a very, very different way um, from just from showing up and from the experiences that you accrue over time. 
I mean, that's, that's my experience, but I, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how it unfolded for you and, and how you processed what was going on. Well, you know, probably from growing up in, in the Cherokee culture, I knew that how you do it is you show up and you, you show up with some sort of a gift and you hang out and you try and do odd jobs and be helpful and, and bring what's needed, do what's needed. You know, if, if wood needs chopping, you chop wood. Um, if they need some stones, you go out and gather stones. You just do what needs to be done and, and, and don't ask questions. That's a huge rule in North America. Just keep your, keep, stay alert and, and watch what everyone's doing and do what everyone else is doing. And uh, don't act like a white person, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so don't ask questions. And, and at the right time, you know, when you least expect it, they'll sit down and give you a teaching. And, and you won't even notice it at first. And then like halfway through, you'll think, oh my God, I'm getting a teaching. <laughs> but, but don't act stupid. <laughs> don't let on that you just realized you're getting a teaching. <laughs> just be nonchalant and take it as it comes. And, you know, and say, thank you, uncle. <laughs> so I, I, there's a funny humor though. <clears throat> that you know part of not acting like a white person is 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 making jokes you know and and I was at a gathering um with this other amazing guy, Rod is his name, and um Rod is just um an incredible healer, though he wouldn't call himself that and um so anyway. Some some people who were not native wanted to introduce me to this very powerful medicine man, and and so so they they took me up, you know, very solemnly and and you know with this sort of deep respect, you know, and they said, Rod, we want to introduce you to someone, and I said, Hey, Rod, it's me, Lewis. Weren't we in jail together in Gallup? And he said, No, it was Albuquerque. It was that damn jail in Albuquerque. <laughs> And these guys were just, they were just, they were white as a sheet. You know, they were like, what? And, you know, it, I don't know. I don't know if they ever figured out that we were joking. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought that up because laughter and humor in general is so much a part of the medicine in my experience. And, and so much of, building the kind of rapport that is going to get you in, get you in the circumstances to learn is based on your ability to understand the humor and participate in it. Yeah. And, and, and to enjoy becoming the brunt of the jokes. Oh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> Cause that's how you know that you've been accepted when they start making jokes about you. Exactly. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. So as you know, for many years, um, I had an organization where I would take people out into different parts of Indian country, and we would live for a week at a time in 
different places in Indian country. And I, I had a, a staff of people working for me who were native for a program that we did in Oklahoma. And the the people in my group had shown up and I, I hadn't seen these friends of mine and that the the staff that was working for me, I hadn't seen them in about nine months. And we showed up, the whole group showed up at the encampment. And though the three of them just grilled me. They, they it was like one joke after another after <laughs> another. And I was the brunt of every one of them. And I looked around and everybody had their mouths open because they were they were astounded. You know, they 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 were like their attitude was like you're the you're in charge here what how could you let these people talk this way to you and you know i i had to gently kind of try to explain this is what this is just the way it goes you know this is the yeah, way yeah, that we interact with done. Each other. Yeah. <laughs> and don't worry they'll get it back from me eventually too right 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 but but laughter is great medicine i, I think that's a, a point that we can make and so is silence you know you talked mm-hmm. about showing up and just being there and there there is so much learning that just goes on as a result of being in the presence of these people these elders who have a lifetime of knowledge i mean my experience is that they taught me as much in silence as they did in speaking you know just being with them being honored with being with these people and 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 learning with your eyes instead of your ears yeah. Is really useful. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. So Lewis, this is going to bring us to the close of our, our second interview. Um, I'm hoping that everybody listening now will tune in for the next episode where we're going to talk about healing modalities and the work that Lewis is currently doing um, as a, I hesitate to use the word healer, <laughs> but how about somebody who doctors people who need help? All right. Somebody who hangs out with people who say they need help. (laughs) There you go. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Please tune in the next time to hear some more words of wisdom from Louis Mel Madrona. Thank you, Louis. Thank you. This has been Cultures of Health and Healing with Robert Fetter. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and rate this show and share it with others. Until next time, remember, your health and healing matter, and you can find your own unique path to optimum wellness.